Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and am the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at www.rachelgrantcoaching.com. In this week's episode, I conclude the two-part series on communicating powerfully and will share with you some very specific tools for getting into communication with others. So then what happens when you do need to get into conversation with somebody else, though? There is really something that you want to share and that you want to communicate. Um, so that's where we're going to head next. We're going to um, get into talking about how you communicate your needs and desires and experience with other people. So one thing I've noticed as I've worked with couples, as I've worked with people around relationships, is that we often are communicating on just a very top surface level. Most of the time we just kind of blurt out what we want, and that's good to some extent, except we usually blurt out what we want without very much information as to what it would look like, um, how we really want it. It's just not very clear. So we might say to our partner, I want you to spend more time with me. Okay. Now, point in fact, that's a very level comment. It seems like it might be really intimate and revealing and emotional, but it is kind of just at the top level. And it's also very incomplete because your partner does not know what spend more time with me actually means. He, she will have her own interpretation and understanding about what that means, what it would look like, and you have yours. And let's um, say, you know, 90% of arguments in relationships are really about I asked you for something and you didn't give it to me. And the other person is saying, you 
asking for that, and I did give it to you. I just didn't give it to you the way you wanted. <laughs> and the reason that happens is because we don't make clear requests. Really, this thing that people should just kind of figure it out. They should just get it. Particularly if we've been in a relationship for a long time, we start holding the other person accountable for reading and just knowing what it is we like and what we need, and we don't have to actually address or explain anything. And so those are some really big traps that cause relationships to become kind of unstable and bring in discord. So when you are actually wanting to communicate a complete message, a full idea, fully express yourself, the first place to start is actually going back to the what is happening and expressing that to the person. So it might be when you don't follow through on this agreement that we have. So I'll try to come up with something specific. Um, when, you, when we don't see each other for a whole week, okay? Let's just say you're in a relationship like that where you maybe see the person once a week, but you're really wanting more time, okay? When we don't see each other more than once a week, that is what's happened. That's what's going on. You don't want to get into it like when you don't spend time with me or when you don't show up or when you don't ask me out. That's all blaming. That's all judging. That is going to make sure that conversation goes nowhere. First thing you want to do is get clear about what is happening, okay, and state it in a very objective way without your interpretation. Another thing is to look for what your thought is. Now this actually mirrors, you know, your story, your interpretation. Um, and sometimes what I really like about this step is you notice that your story is really what is the problem in this situation and it has nothing to do with the other person. Um, and you can just kind of stop. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, get into any conversation with them. You just have to do the work yourself, except for that fourth step if you want to share your story with them. But let's just say that the thought that you have, when we don't spend more time to, with each other than once a week, I think this relationship is going to fail, right? Maybe that's the thought you have. And so you want to share the thought, all right? And then you want to get to the feeling. Now, the feeling is not I feel that, because what word comes after that statement is always you, and that is not going to work, okay? The feeling really is just that, a feeling. I feel scared. I feel upset. I feel frustrated, okay? And then we get down to the intention. What is it? Why are you having this conversation? Now is when you come into saying what it is that you want but you're going to say it in a very particular way. Um, you might say, I want to spend more time together as a way to just initially state the intention. Then you're going to get very specific. How often do you want to spend time together? Does talking on the phone count as time together? Does chatting count as time together? Do you want to see this person three days a week, two days a week? And it sounds very formal and business-like, but what actually happens is you open up a dialogue where the relationship then becomes um, a place where you know, real needs can be met, 
real expectations can be set, and you're not just counting on the other person to just somehow figure it out. And it's quite a relief and quite a gift to the person that you're in conversation with when you say things like, I'd like to spend more time together. Could we please go out at least two times a week? The person then knows exactly what you need, exactly what you want. You've taken the guesswork out of it for them, and that's a really nice thing to do. And then the person has an opportunity to actually think, okay, could I do two days a week? No, I couldn't, but I could do one day a week and make sure I chat with you every night. You know, so then you can get into a dialogue about what works, about what doesn't work. The other real benefit of using the clear request is that it's measurable. After a couple of weeks, if the person has agreed to seeing you two times a week and that hasn't happened, then first of all, you don't have to get into story, right? You, you check yourself, right? Well, he's not spending time with me two times a week, like he said. That means you know we're, I'm terrible and he hates me. You have to keep that in check. But then you can go back to the person and say, hey, you know, we had this agreement about spending two times, uh, two nights a week together, and I'm just noticing that's not happening. I'm wondering what's getting in the way. And you know, that question right there, I'm wondering what's getting in the way, is so powerful in relationships because it takes away all judgment, it takes away blame, and you're simply asking the person to investigate the situation with you. And they might say, well, as it turns out, two days a week is really a lot for me. Or they might just say, well, I've had a cold and I didn't want to go anywhere. But then you can kind of get it, you can get into the conversation about it. Um, so the four parts of a message are really important and very helpful because they give the other person a full picture of what is going on for you. You know, when you say something like, I want us to spend more time together, and the person doesn't get that it's because you're afraid the relationship's going to fail or because you're feeling frustrated and upset, they don't really know what's at stake for you. And it's often very compelling for other people when they hear what your underlying concerns or thoughts or feelings are. Now, when in fact we hide those a lot of times because it feels very vulnerable. To spit it out. But I, that's part of the reason why I kind of like this, this four level message because you just kind of, you know, you can use it as a tool to just kind of think through it. Let me just talk myself through this and if I just, okay, I'm at step one, good, I got that done. Let me just try step two now and just get my thoughts out there and now let me get into my feelings and now let me state my intention. And one of the important things to know about the intention is that it should be positive, right? So. You don't want to say, I would, um, you don't want to place the clear request in a negative. I want you to stop not seeing me, right? You want to place it in the positive. I want us to see each other more often. How about two times a week, three times a week? Now, this is really useful in all sorts of realms, not just in relationships, you know. And, and the other thing you want to do is start listening for other people when they're making requests of you. If say your boss comes in and says, um, I'd like you to do this report, and that's all they say, then here's a really great opportunity to elicit a clear request. So you would say, all right, I, you want me to do the report. Is that due by Wednesday? Is that due by Tuesday? Is it due by Wednesday at 3? Get as specific as you can. 
And um, that will really save you a lot of time too. When you have a partner who comes and says, you know, I want you to stop nagging me, well, that's not really a clear request. You've got to figure out what's really happening. Maybe it's only one specific thing. And if you really get into the conversation of what would that look like to you if I stopped nagging, what would that mean? They might just say, oh, well, I want you to stop bugging me about chores. And anything else is fine. Um, so practicing the skill of communicating using a, a full, rounded out message and eliciting clear requests from other people will take a lot of the guesswork out of your um, conversation. Okay? And you know, it doesn't always have to be negative. I'm using negative uh, situations. But it could be something like, you know, when you brought me flowers, I thought you really appreciate me and I felt you know, loved and cared for. And the intention there is, you know, I really want us to just continue um, showing love to each other. So, you know, these these skills aren't just for, you know, the hard times or the tough conversations. They're also for expressing the positive things that you and reinforcing um, the things that you want to that that are positive. So, Abigail, do you have a, a request or a situation in mind that we could maybe use for, you know, practicing? Putting together a, a complete message. Uh, let's see now. Um, hmm. Well, I can think of a situation. Well, not a situation. I can think of a of a of an ongoing relationship with a friend, a male friend that I've had now for a number of years. Where just recently, I've noticed this relationship is taking on a much more I would say peaceful, even adult way of being. So um, I don't have a particular request anymore of this person, though from, from a couple of years ago it's true that what you're saying, you know, it would have been good if I could get out of the fact that I was so upset and angry with this person a lot. Um, <laughs> I might have been able to say things. But as you, as you were speaking, I was, I was realizing that a lot of what this is about is you know, it's taking back our power and not giving it to somebody else. And the reason I think we find it confronting, you mentioned, you know, we feel vulnerable to be specific about things is because we, we're afraid the other person can hurt us. But, you know, if we get to a place where, where really we don't give our power away to someone, they can't really hurt you anymore. And that's a real big step, I think, if you've come from a background where you've been abused and... Um, so totally dependent that you were often hurt. And it's interesting how it's that story that we, we give ourselves. You know, someone does whatever they do, you know, or we ask for whatever, we might get it, we might not. You know, I've asked for a few things recently and I don't get them. And I kind of go, oh, okay, well, I guess sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know? Yeah, that's so a good point. I mean, you know, the clear the clear request is not the end all be all of seeing what you want. It, it just uh, it just supports you in if the person is agreeable, it being actually what you want. Um, so they they the person does also have the option of saying no, even if you ask in very clear and very specific. Exactly. Exactly. I think what I've noticed in in different situations, you know, is is just that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get it, but afterwards, if I take the time to pat myself on the back and say, well, at least you asked, and at least you were clear, and they don't have to give you what you want. 
nobody has to give you what you want. It's up to you to keep looking. And if you don't get it from one person or from one area, you keep exploring how are you going to get your needs met. But it's not up to anybody to satisfy your needs. And that was a real, a real eye-opener for me. So that it makes it easier now for me to ask for things. And, and it's true that the more I ask, the more I have, uh, it's like a numbers game, as they say, even in marketing. The more uh, the, the tendency is that I do get what I want, though if I don't, it's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah, and you know, one of the other things I'll just point out here is I had a client who, you know, we did this exercise with, and she started out with the statement, I want my husband to be um, more kind to me. And so uh, I asked, all right, well, what would that actually look like? What would that be? And she said, well, you know, I really would love if he would bring me flowers. Okay, great. So how often do you want flowers? And then, you know, she started grimacing, and, uh, you know, she answered, well, you know, a week. I said, okay, great. What kind of flowers? And it was at that point that she just kind of pushed back. And she said, that is so not romantic. I don't like that at all. He should just go out and get it. And, you know, this is, I, I don't like this idea at all, of having to tell him exactly what kind of flowers to give me. <clears throat> and I said, well, okay, you could ask in, you know, a vague way, and you could get the flowers, and they not be what you like. And you could just be appreciative of that. Sure, that's an option. But it seems fairly romantic and loving to me that if you ask for something very specifically and the person takes the time to actually follow through and give you exactly what you want, that seems romantic to me. So, you know, she did it. And we, we put together the complete message so that she could go and, you know, ask in a way that it was received not as a judgment, not as a, you know, um, a demand, but as a request and as one that, you know, had meaning and importance to her. And um, the husband said, oh, my God, I'm so relieved. Finally, I know exactly what you want. And he was just ecstatic. And, you know, she's, it's been like a year, and she still gets her daisies like once a week. And I just love yeah. that because yeah. it's actually, and he feels satisfied and excited excited, that he knows he's pleasing her and giving her exactly what, he, what she wants. You know, there is a lot to be said for implicit communication. I'm not saying I want you to go out there and create a world where everything is like, please give me this by 2 o'clock on Wednesday. But, um, you know, being able to use body language, being able to use, um, you know, just sounds, size, looks, all of that is a part of the package. It's all a part of the communication game. Um, but when you are finding that you have something that is important to you, a need or a desire that is continuously going unmet, if you haven't asked for it clearly, then you are not yet in a place where you can be upset or where you can judge the other person or where you can begin to consider whether or not this person is capable of meeting needs. You haven't even asked in a clear way. Yeah, I okay. think that, that brings us to that, back to that thing, the, the point, which is if we're unable to ask for what we want, then that is reflecting some, something about our own story. What is it that we're, yeah. that we're pushing on to other people as responsibility? And it is ultimately our own responsibility to be able to um, satisfy our own needs by being able, to, as you say, to ask for them. And, and it, so it brings it back to the dialogue within of, you know, why am, I, why am I so afraid to ask for what I want? 
You know, this is a really tricky um, model to um, just hit the ground running with. It does, you know, it challenges our usual mode of communication and how we generally ask for things and, and talk to other people. So if it feels a little bit like shoes that are too small, that's okay. It, it probably will. And, um, you know, what I encourage you to do is to just practice composing you know, these sorts of messages, you know, on your own before you, you know, sit down and try to talk to somebody. Kind of have a dress rehearsal with yourself and, you know, kind of go through them. But um, I want to give you a little bit of homework or an exercise that you can, you know, take with you. The first is begin kind of keeping a log of your stories. Um, you, as you start to tune in to the meanings that you assign in a variety of situations, you'll really start to notice the patterns and the reoccurring theme. You'll kind of have your top five stories that you always go to. And you can really do some powerful work just by challenging those particular stories and being kind of tuned in, on guard, paying attention, present to, to that. And the more often you do that, um, and challenge those stories, again, the more likely you're going to be able to decrease how often they show up or how long you stay stuck in the story because your brain will be um, rewiring, you will be weakening neuronal pathways and you know, becoming stronger in, um, in your thought life. And then for your communication, I just challenge you to get out there and you know, pick one or two situations and really use this model and um, practice walking through the four parts and stating your request clearly and, um, and really use the powerful part of this, which is showing appreciation, looking for the positive, communicating to people what's working for you and that you hope that that continues. Um, so Abigail, I'm going to want to chime in here at all. Well, I guess I'd, I'd just like to, to mention how in this model, there's, there's, it, it does go so, so deep. I mean, on the appearance, maybe on the surface, it might have a, a feeling that it's, it's very uh, kind of blanket, one, two, three step. But there's so much to this, actually, if you really start to explore it. One of, them, one of the aspects that you just mentioned is this element of being able to actually communicate your appreciation of a situation or your appreciation of something that someone has done for you. You know, when they do this, that, and the other thing, you may feel, you know, X, Y, Z, excited, happy, you know, really, really looking forward to something. I mean, it, gives, it gives a way of communicating to people what's, what's working and, and what, makes us, what makes us feel joyful. And I think that's an extremely positive thing. And then it also gives us the, the framework for exploring and, and getting more in touch with these different subpersonalities. For instance, as you were saying, getting to know those stories, keeping them in a log, you know, will help you get in tune with the one or two subpersonalities that maybe are problematic, that can be the, the cynic or the critic and the one that's the, the saboteur, the one that's always saying, well, you can't do that, or, you know, you've started a business, for instance, and, and you know, you're just, you're not good enough, or, you know, you're never going to get enough clients to live, or you're never going to get this, or bloody blah, blah, you know, all that negative right. stuff. You know, that, that is the voice of the, of the saboteur. That is the voice of the, of the critic that is there for a reason, but is 
piping up always in this negative way. So this model helps us to get in tune with all those different parts of ourselves so that we can bit by bit allow them to evolve, which is how the story starts to lose its power. So I yeah, think it's absolutely. absolutely. Really wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and you know, I really um, enjoy the process of you know, identifying what your needs really are. Um, first of all, it's very empowering to really tune in and notice what support, what love, what attention really looks like, what it really feels like to you. Because we oftentimes know that we have a need. You know, we have a need for comfort. We have a need for closeness. But we don't really go that extra step to identify what that feels like and looks like for ourselves, let alone communicate it to anyone else. So just that of having to kind of get into your own world and um, think about what these things look like and feel like is very, very powerful and empowering because you'll know yourself better. And the better you know yourself, the more easily you're able to relate and communicate to others what you need. <clears throat> so, um, you know, if you're struggling with that step about getting clear about, you know, what it is that you really want to ask for, you know, sometimes frame it in the opposite, what it is you don't want. Like, well, I know for sure, like in the example we were using about spending time together, I know for sure once a week is not so we got to go, that's a starting place. We have to go somewhere up from there. I know I don't like talking on the phone, so that's not going to work for me. Um, and uh, think about what it is that you enjoy the most about time with people. You know, is it, do you like just being in the same space? Or do you really need like actual conversation and communication happening? You know, a lot of times I find in relationships that the woman is asking for more time and the man feels burdened because he thinks he needs to be there, like kind of entertaining her, showing up, you know, having a conversation, being in dialogue, when what she really would enjoy is we, let's just be in the same space. Like I'm comforted by being in the same room with you, even if you're, you know, doing your own work or reading a book. So, you know, getting into those, understanding those parts of you will really help, you know, enliven the relationships and bring things up you know, to a greater greater level for you. So I really hope that you'll, you know, take these tools, both the ones that Abigail has spoken to and Lisa, I think they complement each other so nicely. They really play into each other so well. So you've gotten just a really great toolkit. You are really walking away with some powerful ways to think about um, communication, think about your authentic self and relationships. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. Don't forget to visit www.rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources available on the site. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We have much more to share. Until next time, take good care of you.